Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 299. I am your host, Blaine Putvey, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Our other co-host, Matt Smith, says he's working overtime, but he's Air Force, so we know better. I call bullshit. He got a he got a, he got a stinky link. That's what he got. Or a sneaky link, or whatever the whatever the kids call it now, whatever. Hookups are called now. Uh, I don't know. My daughter swipe. says it all the time. A stinky link or sneaky link. It's I, I have no idea. Having someone on the side or something. I don't know. No idea. I, I'm not up to date on that stuff because my daughter's actually already married. So if she was doing that on the side, she wouldn't say anything. That's your oldest daughter. Yeah. The middle one, well, she's too busy. That's what Ignoring you gotta do. me. That's what you got to do. You got to keep him busy. Get him into sports. Keep him busy. At the very least, she is ignoring me and or pretending that part doesn't exist. And I'm fine with that. How old is she? 16. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. From about 13 to 18, they ignore you. And then 18, they realize they need money. And then they start loving you again. Truth. <laughs> How do I know? I've had two daughters <laughs> that went through that <laughs> stage. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Matt's not here. We're, we apologize to our listeners because we know he is the favorite. However, we hope that you stick with us regardless. Uh, this episode, we are going to cover the World Juniors. We're going to talk about the Canadians' prospects, the World Juniors coming up, because we are, while well, I'm in Halifax, where the tournament is going to happen, I realize Moncton is also part of this tournament, but we all know Moncton doesn't really count. It's all the, it's all the bad games going to be in Moncton. Yeah. Like all the... And for people who are not from the Maritimes and they wonder why Halif- people in Halifax make fun of Moncton, well, it's tradition. I'll it's be in thing. Halifax for that as well, so it'll be. It'll there you be go. Uh, I'll be in Halifax next week, actually, next Friday. Ooh. Well, good go thing there. you told me. I, I gotta get. The, I gotta vacuum up that red carpet. 
You should. You should. I, you're going to need security, too, for all the fans for when I come off the plane. That's true. I, I thought about that. I just thought about that. Should I hire? I should hire commissioners. I hear the commissioners would be willing to do that kind of security work. They'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if they if them commissioners can keep our naval bases safe from uh, terrorists, they can keep fans back from uh, ish. From me getting off a plane. The the safe ish. The the fan the bum asking for money when I walk out of the. Out of the airport. <laughs> no autographs, sunglasses. please. No autographs, please. I'll just keep walking. <laughs> Big thick sunglasses and a giant's fur coat. <laughs> Fake fur. Fake fur. Yeah. Oh, look, it's the nature boy. Woo! <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're, we'll talk about the World Juniors. Um, we may as well just ju uh, jump right into it right now. Sure. Uh, the... World Juniors are coming up. Uh, they The preliminary games are going to be happening here in Halifax on the 23rd of December. Today is the 8th of December. So we've got a couple more weeks. Uh, some The rosters aren't set yet for, uh, for most of the countries, but we know for sure that the Canadians are going to be well represented. Facts. Sweden... Uh, Adam Engstrom, the 2022 third round pick, a defenseman. Canadians, third round pick. Uh, for Team USA, Lane Hudson. Uh, team Austria is uh, Vincent's Rohrer. Uh, team Finland is K Kapanen. For Slovakia, Philip Meshar. And Canada has three possibilities because that team isn't set yet. But Beck has been invited chances are he'll make it and then there's two others who are returnees from the last tournament so they're very likely to play and that is riley kidney and joshua Roy. so we'll save that we'll save canada for you know that cherry on the top why don't we just start with sweden talk sweden. about adam angstrom sweden sweden uh, unfortunately sweden's gonna be playing uh you know here in Halifax against Canada. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're, they're so you know, they're going to go 0 and 3. <laughs> they're in the top group. Engstrom um, uh, says actually a, a quietly well done, uh, uh, well, very good prospect who's been very quiet that a lot of people aren't really talking about. Uh, uh, Brexel, isn't it? Is it Brexel there? Or have eyes on the Patrick Bexel, yeah. Patrick Bexel is a big fan of Engstrom. Uh, um, I know our buddy uh, and uh, and um, draft uh, guru uh, Grant McKegg's a big fan of uh, Angstrom. Yes, he is, and uh, he's quietly uh, playing well over there in Sweden. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a sleeper prospect for the Canadians. Uh, don't get me wrong; I don't think he's going to like come in the NHL dominate or be the next Nicholas Lidstrom or anything. But I think he's going to. I think he's going to move a lot of heads and become maybe a high level B prospect for the Canadians. That's going to, you know, be a, uh, bought a, a five, six, seven type defenseman. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the kid's already, uh, he's already very well developed defensively. He's very smart defensively. He's got a, he's good sized kid, six, two, one ninety ish. Um, he's very mobile. He doesn't play 
physical brand, but he knows how to place himself and use his body and reach to defend. Um, he puts up a ton of points in the U20 league uh, out in Sweden. He was, I think it was 13 points in nine games or something along those lines. Uh, for the Champions Hockey League, he got called up for Champions Hockey the yeah champions hockey league with uh rogla well i, I think well the shl team anyway he, he called he got called up with them played i think it's five or six games about a point a game there uh playing at the shl level he's got some points i think it's three or four points with just one goal out of 25 ish games but he is playing a regular shift in their top their their three pairings their top three pairings so He's reliable. He's mobile. He's got some room to grow. He just turned 18. I think he's going to play a very large role with Sweden because Sweden's game, their entire offense is built off transition, just like the Canadians. And with guys, uh, with the guys that they have, like Lecker Mackey, Mm -hmm. they need that transition game because these are guys that score out the rush. Yeah. Uh, just to say, uh, with Rogel, he has five points in 22 games with Rogel this season. Oh, there you go. Yeah. SHL. Yeah. So not bad for a guy who just turned 18. I, I'm just saying, like, he he literally turned 18 on it's the 17th of November. So, uh, um, or sorry, 19 on the 17th of November. Um. So, yeah, I mean, he's projected to have 12. I'm just going off elite prospects here. He's projected to have 12 points, seven goals in 51 games, which to me I think is pretty good for a prospect. And you're right. He kind of – he dominated the junior 20 with 13 points in seven games. So uh, there's a big reason he got called up, and he is a very good puck-moving uh, defenseman. It, it, it's That's the way uh, hockey's going now. Is the, and, that, and this is a huge reason why you're seeing scoring – take a major upswing in the last couple of years in the NHL is because of the defense getting involved in the offense and the, uh, the, and plus I think the goalies goalies are watered down. Yeah. Um, I think the, with the goalies not being what they used to be, I mean, the talent, you know, how it kind of ebbs and flows. We had a, yeah. we had a golden generation not that long ago. Now it's kind of dipped a little bit. It'll come back, but yeah, I think, yeah. I think that dip, Plus the uh, the point you made about the defenseman being more mobile and more involved offensively that really makes a difference. Yeah, and uh, the the best part about him being a puck mover and uh, an involved offense is he is good in his own end. He he's he's smart in his own end. He's a good defensive. I mean, uh, you look at guys that we have now uh, like Matthias Norlander, Logan Mayu. Uh, they're good offensively, but they have a lot of issues in their own end. And uh, and I'll talk more about Mayu later because I'm sure he's going to be brought up when we talk about Canada. But uh, um, yeah. um, this guy kind of has the whole package. Now, is he offensive enough to be considered a top four guy when you have guys like Gooley and Harris and, uh, you know, all these guys, young other young uh, prospects, Logan Mayu, we'll, we'll throw him in there that, that are coming into the, to the league that is he, is he up that we'll see. I don't know. Uh, he's a third round pick, um, but he's certainly playing like he could have been a late first, early second round pick. He's more of a project. He's a, he's a player that's yeah. going to take three, four years before he makes an impact at the NHL or even makes the NHL. So no need to rush him. No need to really no. be too hard on him either, but I think what he is doing now, he's progressing well. 
Yeah, yeah, and then and, and I mean, and it shows, and and that's just what you need. I mean, he had last year in uh, the junior twenty, he had twenty eight points in forty five games uh, with Dur Jurgendins or whatever, however you say it, Jurgendins. Um, and then he, yeah, and then he moves to Rogel, and he's, you know, he dominated in their junior twenty this year. So it was night and day between the two seasons. Yeah, he's he's improving. Yeah. He's getting better. Oh, he's definitely. getting bigger. He's getting more comfortable, more confident. It's yep, he's, standard. He's 6'2", 190, so he's not a small guy either. No. And the way that Sweden plays their game, he is a perfect fit on their blue line. Like, there's it, there's no big names on that blue line. You look at their lineup, it's the big names are all offensive forwards. Yeah. Most of them are returnees. So it's Sweden, who came off a bronze medal last year, well, last year, August, so they've got a lot of returnees. They're a good team. They're a very good team. So having Engstrom part of that, and he's going to play a big role on that blue line, I think that bodes well for his development long-term. Oh, definitely agree. It's big tournaments, big whatever, always long-term has effects on it. Um, I would look at it, though, if the guy struggles, I wouldn't look at it too much of a don't put too much weight on. A lot of people put weight, a lot of weight on this tournament. And I mean, Cole Caulfield never had a very good world junior in, in both the seasons he was there. He, he he was mediocre. The first year he was playing on a terrible line. Uh, and then the second year he got moved up and he still didn't really blow anyone away. But uh, and then you look at him in the NHL now. So I, I don't take too much stock when a player played bad in the world, it, it depends on how they look playing bad, I guess. Well, in Caulfield's case, he wasn't used properly. He was always put in the wrong Correct. positions for what his skill set is. Correct. Um, I'm just saying if Engstrom's in the world junior and it looks like he's overwhelmed, then you have an issue. If he, if he yeah. doesn't look out of place, he's just not getting the points or he's just not in the right position or he's the bottom pairing defenseman or whatever he is. Don't you can't take too much stock in what you see on hockey DB when you when you look at stuff like that or elite prospects. You you got to watch the games to see how he actually reacts and plays and learns from his mistakes or you know that's all I'm saying. Too many people put too much stock into the points people get at the World Juniors. It, it, it's a seven. It's what a two week tournament. We'll see. Keep in mind during that tournament, you look at the. Points for defensemen. Uh, Alexander Romanov was a point per game player and right. won tournament uh, defensive MVP. He's not a point producer in the NHL. He's a guy who's going to give you 20, 25 points, but he's a solid defenseman. Is right. that bad? No. No, it's, it's great. He, oh, tournament MVP went to Ryan Paling. He was over a point per game. Yeah. What's his point production now? He's a third line. He's a third line player, third, fourth line player, third or fourth line. That's right. Yeah. But th so, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't take too much stock. Yeah. In this. You know what I mean? Like no. if Shane Wright's going to be there. If he, you know, doesn't play great. Doesn't mean he's going to have a terrible NHL. If he plays great. Doesn't mean he's going to be a great NHL player either. Like you really got it. Look, Curtis Lazar, <laughs> another guy like anyway. journeyman NHL or now. Yeah. Anyway, you got to, a lot of people put stock in it. I, I think that needs to stop. 
you also have to take into account the strength of the team that they're on, the strength of the pool. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So that's why the situation should put in grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grain of salt. Uh, all right. So moving on from Sweden to Finland, Oliver Kapanen. He uh, he's a returning player for Finland. He's been a point per game internationally this season for Finland. He's been playing uh, Liga and he's been playing regular minutes. He's got a decent number of points. The expectation for him is to play in a second line role, some power play, lots of penalty kill. I mean, he he's a good skate. He's a very good skater. He's he's smart defensively. He is your prototypical Finnish hockey player. Yeah, uh, Kapanen's playing well. He's a bit of a, he was drafted, what, 2021? Yeah, second round. Second round, 2021, 64th overall. Um, 13 points in 29 games for Kalpaw. Kalpaw. Um, yeah. Which is not bad, not bad, you know, for a uh, his first year in the first full year. Uh, yeah, first full year of the league. So uh, he, I, you want to see the guy move up. I think he played with them in August too. Did he not, Captain? Yes, he's yeah. he's a returning. Yeah, so you, you want to see if he's a returning. You want to see him that kind of in that leader group, I would say, uh, or at least in that, you know, the trusted group where he's going to get see power play time, penalty kill time, or whatever time he excels in. Um, and he's going to do, I think it'll be penalty killing, but um, yeah. Uh, and you want to see him succeed in that. Um, I don't think he's a star on the Finnish team. Um, no, no, but uh, uh, if he can play good top six, a top six role or a top, uh, yeah, top six role with Finland, I think it's you can look at it as a success. I think so. And Finland is going to be playing out of uh, the pool in Moncton. To them, the Czechs basically are going to be the NUS. So the, those three teams are going to be the ones battling it out for the top spot in that, that pool. Um, Finland, US, I figure, are going to be the ones going head to head. I think they're a New Year's Eve game as well. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch that game. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think Finland has a legitimate chance at winning a gold medal this year. Well, Finland's been in the medal hunt for years now. Um, uh, it's, it was, you know, I remember when they win bronze and everyone's like, oh my God, Finland won bronze, you know, like it was like, you know, a big deal. But now it's like, you have to talk about Finland and you have to talk about being a medal team, uh, almost every year now. Um, you know, usually it's Russia, Canada, Sweden, or USA. They're the four. Even USA for a while wasn't a team you really looked at as a, as a but in the recent past, they're the big four. And now Finland's kind of pushing that group. They're kind of moving up and saying, hey, wait a minute, we're here too. And uh, which is good for them. Like, I mean, I, I'm all for uh, you grow the game, the more uh, success you see in other countries. So even though I love seeing Canada win gold every year, uh, I like seeing the other countries succeed as well. I mean, except, other countries deserve a silver and a bronze every now and then. Except the USA. I don't care if they win or not. <laughs> we're, we're 
uh, we're blatant homers when it comes to Canada. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. To our U.S. listeners, I, I don't mean. I do mean that, but uh, it's not because I hate the USA. It's just, you know, I'm Canadian. We're not American. We're not. Yeah. American. I mean, just like any American who are blatant homers for their country when it comes to international sporting events, we can't lie and say we're not. Yeah. Be disingenuous. So, uh, go Canada, go. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to the next group of countries right after this. Just like that, we are wow. back. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that commercial. I know I did. I didn't hear it, so I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, just go back, listen to it three or four I'll, I'll more go, times. I'll, I'll go listen to it. I'll go listen to it. <laughs> every every listen is a, you know, a dollar sign our way. So, good thing. All <laughs> I say, it, it was faster than me on a Saturday night. That's all. I know. <laughs> True. All right, so we've uh, we've talked about Sweden. We've talked about Finland. Uh, let's talk about Team USA. We were uh, we were denigrating Team USA in the last segment, uh, telling them how wonderful they would be winning a bronze. They have the best defenseman in the whole tournament, and mind. that's the thing. That's the thing. We've got Lane Hudson, uh, Montreal's second round pick in 2022, the second second round pick in 2022, uh, who literally grew an entire inch since being uh, drafted. He's now five foot nine. Thing he's is, expect, um, he's expected to go two more. <laughs> he's a grower, not a shower. Uh, I'd be glad to be either, but anyway. Keep him out of the cold bath. That's all I got to say. Now, Lane Hudson in the NCAA is having a phenomenal year, like historically great year. Mm -hmm. He's, uh, his points per game is rivaling that of Kale McCarr. I'm not saying he's the next Kale McCarr. I'm just saying as a freshman, he has similar points per game as Kale McCarr, which is pretty good because it's Kale McCarr. Uh, 17 points in 14 games for Boston University. Um Man, this guy's if if anyone's seen the highlights of his games, just the highlights, this guy is dynamite. He never stops. Unreal. He's fast. Uh he's quick. He can he can stick handle like crazy. Uh yeah. I don't I, I, I lose words when I watch him play because it's just I, I haven't seen a Montreal Canadiens prospect look so promising. And I'm going to say promising because I'll never look at a prospect and go, this guy's going to be the next whoever. Because exactly. once you do that and he doesn't meet those expectations. Uh, now I could say it really looks like to me, he's going to be probably our best defenseman when he gets to the NHL, when he gets developed and uh, ready for the NHL. Uh, his size will be an issue. But if I think Kyle McCarr is only 5'11", 5'6". Kale McCarr is definitely a lot bigger. 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, this guy's what five eight and like one hundred and forty pounds or something. But um, well, according to uh, yeah, five eight one forty eight. But I think he's five nine one sixty something now. Is when he was med- when he went through when he first started at Boston University. I think that's what they measured him at. Um, but still, I think if this guy can, uh, the way he plays, I don't think his size is really going to matter. Um, no. No, he he plays kind of like a Quinn Hughes does. He's very, very offensive minded. The way he skates, it's so amazing. He's yeah. he's an elite skater. Uh, the edge work on him, he's constantly in motion. His footwork is unbelievable. He's so elusive because of that. He, people are having a hard time hitting him, and he's able to carry that puck, go through traffic. That's why he's getting all those highlights. And also why he has been named uh, Hockey East Defenseman of the Month each month so far this season. Yeah, well, it's just he's just he's dot. He he looks like he's out of place in the NCAA. Like he he looks like he should be at a higher level of hockey. Uh, yes, when when you watch him, and uh, that's promising to me. Like I say, I don't want to put high expectations on him, but I really feel like this is going to be the PK Subban we've been waiting for. If he develops properly. Well, we're going to see. Uh, we're going to see what he does here at the tournament. Everything, fall, uh, everything yeah. falls into place. He could yeah, if everything falls guy. into place. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And we're going to see uh, how he does in this tournament. I think that's going to be... He, he's, he looks dominant at the NCAA level right now. But how does he look against his peers, his peers across the world? Yeah. So... Yeah. If the top Team USA doesn't, level. yeah, exactly. And if Team USA doesn't go with their, let's just say Hockey USA is a bit of a size queen. Everything's got to be big. True, true. Well, he played last year, did he not? He played in the U18. Is that the World Juniors? I'm just looking on, uh, did he play in August? No. Lane Hudson? I didn't think so. Well, he played in the U18. Yeah. Um, and he had, he had 13 points in 11 games. So... That's just to show you how well he did. In the year before, he had five points in five games. So he uh, he dominated the World Junior under 18. Um, so if he can put up the same numbers in the under 20, then, uh, yeah, there's no reason to think he can't. And then, you, I, like you say, United States, like they're big boys, like the, you know, we're going to uh, wreck you when you come into our zone. Whereas Lane Hudson, it's more of a better defensive Victor Mete when you come into your own zone because he's just not big. Well, he tends to put the puck in your zone so he doesn't have to defend. Correct. Correct. He'll get the puck and he'll have it out of the zone. Like if you watch Montreal now, I think Mike Matheson's the only guy who can take the puck out of the zone on his own. I'll say as yeah. of right now on the team. Arbor yeah, Jack Eye's sure. not too bad, only because Arbor Jack Eye's a really good skater. But the, him and Gooley and everyone tends to always want to pass. Always want to pass it out. Mike Masson will take the puck and just skate it out. Skate around everyone he needs to skate around and get it out. That's what Lane Hudson's going to do. Only he's going to skate it out, and he's probably going to take it right down to the net and create a scoring chance as he does it. While he's doing figure eights around everyone in the neutral zone, and then he'll order a hot dog come back, eat that hot dog while he's skating around the defenders. 
That's how I see Lane Hudson in the NHL. All right. Uh, well, then, how do you see <laughs> Vince's Rohrer of Team Austria? I'll be honest with you. I don't know much about Vincent Rohrer. Uh, I really don't, Blaine. You're the you're the uh, hockey writer, Habs prospect guy. Um, but I'll I'll be honest. I know him by name. I know he was drafted. I know what he. I can go on Elite Prospects right now and say, but I've never really seen too many highlights of Vincent Rohrer. I, I really haven't. If I'm being well, honest. he is a steady. He's one of those steady Eddie kind of players. He, you know what you're going to get from him every shift, kind of like a, a Brendan Gallagher. He's consistently in motion. He's consistently on the forecheck, uh, constantly battling. He wants that puck. He doesn't want you to have it. He, he's that kind of player. Um, he puts up some points, and right now he's playing on the Ottawa 67s, which is by far the best team in the CHL. Um they're a friggin' wagon right now. So, and, and he's one of the leaders on that team. 29 so, points, so 23 goes, games. But he's, yeah. so it's a point per game guy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for Team Austria, he's going to have to be that that rallying leader because um, was it Casper, uh, Marco Casper, uh, Marco Casper, I forget what it off the top of my head, uh, he was a first-round pick in 2022. He is not going to the World Juniors this year. So he's the one star for Austria. You look at their lineup, it's uh, guy, 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 roarer, guy, 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 goalie. It's you know, it's just a... Uh, well, he this will be his first uh, World Junior Championship, so it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. Like, like... To me, I just see I like seeing how guys react and how uh, how well they play based on their games in the World Juniors. Uh, I I agree. Playing with your peers, the, the talent that the World Junior does. Like I, I did say earlier, don't take too much stock into it, but you do kind of because you can judge how he's going to be against the guys he's going to play with in the NHL. Uh, because most of the guys that play in a World Junior Championship make the NHL. Most of them, most at least the top six or the top defensemen of most of the big teams, like Austria might have one or two, and Slovakia might only have one or two, but generally, uh, these guys play. So it, it'll be interesting to see how we do. Austria's probably not going to do all that great in this tournament. Um, but if he can be successful on a crappy team, then that's that's what you you look and say, Oh, well, wait a minute, this guy has something here. Um and we'll see. And he's a center winger, so we'll we'll see. I don't know what he plays with the sixty sevens, but uh, um, a little bit of both. I should probably go watch them. I do live in Ottawa, so maybe I should pop over there every once in a while and uh, have a look. Um, it's but, affordable uh, family entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't do much here in Ottawa. I go to the gym and work. That's it. That's all I do. And stay in my apartment. So if anyone's in Ottawa and you're bored, I'm here playing video games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have Lego. I'm still doing my Millennium Vulcan. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, I my expectation is that Austria is going to be playing in that relegation playoff at the end of this tournament. And if they can avoid relegation, that would be a massive success for Austria. Uh, so we'll see how that works out for them. Uh, if, like you said, Rohr does well, playing with people that nobody really knows about in a big tournament like this, then 
that bodes well. Um, moving on from Austria to Slovakia. Now, this is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, Meshar has been confirmed by Miroslav Satan. He confirmed that Meshar is going to be joining Slovakia. I mean, that's not a surprise. You know, he plays in Kitchener. Kitchener sucks. It's best to just go to the World Juniors. Well, I mean, he he's doing well in Kitchener, but the team in he itself is. does does suck. Um, and you have to watch out for Slovakia. Any team run by Satan is going to do well in this tournament. Sorry, Shatan. Shatan. Excuse me, but it's still spelled Satan. <laughs> Don't forget that Nemec has also been uh, yeah. confirmed for this tournament. So that's a big, big, big piece. And there's still talk that maybe one other Slovakian could go to that tournament. I highly Ooh. doubt it. Who's uh, that? Slepkowski from the Canadians. Although Jeff Gordon did say yesterday, I think it was, that if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he will not be going to the tournament. So I just wrote about that today <laughs> for the hockey writers. And my position was, there is no point in sending him to this tournament. He's not going to, it doesn't help his development. Not that it hurt. It won't hurt it either. If he wants to go sure, but he's not going to gain anything out of this. Well, I'll say something, Blaine. There is a group of people in Habs world. who are not happy with Sylvester's development in Montreal and think that he should either be in Laval or gone to play in this world junior championship. And they do have some valid points. They do have some, valid points for him moving i agree the world junior championship i think he'll just go there dominate and learn nothing out of it matter of fact he'll probably be bored by the whole tournament but uh and actually if he's bored by the whole tournament he probably won't even do all that great um but he be the first would he be the first olympics mvp to play in the world juniors probably actually i think they should do it just for that and then everyone can say, oh, he, he regressed. He, he won the MVP in the Olympics, but he couldn't do anything at the World Juniors. He's a bust. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think Montreal's development of him has been spot on. I think the slow burn approach that they're taking with him, it's exactly what remember. This is yeah. not the Bergevin development yeah. era anymore. This is, they have Adam Nicholson. You have Martin St. Louis, uh, Alex Burroughs, and Adam Nicholson on the ice with these guys after practice all the time. It's not just, here's your practice, everyone off, go do your thing, right? It's not, uh, oh, we're going to put you on the second line. Guess what? You're not doing what we want you to do. We're dropping you now down to the fourth line. We're going to start you on the fourth line and never move you up unless you really get spectacular, right? Or you're Nick Suzuki. Um, Because he got spectacular. Because he got spectacular. Um, what they did is say, hey, we're going to get used. You need to work on this, 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 and this. And until we see improvements in one or two of these, this is how we're going to play you. And then we're going to work on that stuff while you're not playing. You know what I mean? And that's what they yeah. did. And you could see almost game for game. His skating is much better now than it was at the first thing. His board work. I couldn't get over his board work and we'll talk about this later but i couldn't get over his board work in the last two games it, he's been good he gotta quit doing the one hand on the stick thing but uh um you know he's improving on these little things away from the puck 
That's why yeah. he was on the fourth line. They weren't, they're not, they don't care how much he scores this year. No one cares how much he, at least in, in, a, in a coaching management, because they know he can, they know what he can do. They're trying to improve all the things that he wasn't very good at before. And if you look at it, yeah, that they have way, a, def- they have a plan. They have a plan. Whereas Cotton Yemi and Paling and all these, they didn't have a plan. They're like, all right, go out and play. You're a first round pick. Go do your thing. Yeah. You're not doing your thing. See ya. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, so, so you have to get the Bergevin era development out of your head. It's not the same. It's not the same. If they felt he wasn't. Night- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I've been. Yeah, it's a night and day difference. There's a literal plan in place instead of each player being in charge of their own development it's the management team with a development coaching staff have put together a plan saying this is what we see this is what you see this is what we're going to do together and then they they work on things little thing at a time one by one by one they're methodical with it and now unfortunately it was because of injuries he's moved up but I think that move was coming sooner or later anyway. Um, now he's moving up. And since he's moved up to that second, third line, what I don't know, it's kind of flip-flops. But uh, he has three points in four games. Uh, he doesn't look out of place. He's finally making passes to people that can actually do something with him. Or they're in the sp- because I don't care what anyone says. Sofgoski is one of the best passers on the team that I've seen. He, he's excellent at it. He, he always hits the stick or always puts it in the spot where it should be. Uh, well, not always. I mean, but you know what I mean. Uh, 80 he's a good playmaker. He's a good playmaker. And uh, he, he's he's helped running the offense on that. And when he was with Monaghan and Anderson, I thought that line was great. That, As a matter of fact, against Vancouver in the game before that, Calgary, that was the best line. In both those games. Yeah, I can't argue that at all. Um, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, so. Back to the development <laughs> and the, the, the group of people that didn't like yeah. his development. I can't say that I disagreed with them up until, as your tangent went over, <laughs> it was, he's now getting more ice time. He's given a bigger role. If he wasn't getting that, if he wasn't moving up piece by piece, then I would say, yeah, they're screwing it up. You know, you don't you don't bring a, a top four pick onto an NHL team, play them six minutes a game here and there, make them sit ten games, and then send them for a conditioning stint to the minors. That's not the way to do it. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> Who's subtle? <laughs> um... I, I do not like how Seattle. Uh, handled Wright. Wright is a great prospect, and I think they're screwing him over. They screwed him over a little bit with the way they did things. Now he's going to go to the World Juniors. Uh, he's going to score a bunch of goals, and the uh, the media is going to be about, you know, Montreal screwed up because they didn't pick Wright because he scored a goal. Well, that and that's this is where this whole development of Slavovsky right came up, and and a good buddy of ours he he brought it up, and 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 I think he did it to open discussion. I don't think he really did it to, uh, you know, I think he did it to open a discussion. Um, okay. Well, I don't know if I don't know if I want to mention. It. Oh, well, he's put it on a Twitter. Mapadard, Scotian Canadian, so he brought it up where he thought Wright's development was better than Slavovsky's. Now, mind you, I think he did it to open up a discussion just to see where people sat. 
I don't think that's the right take. But uh, his point was Sobrowski, and and he has this is a valid point actually. He he's playing like he played in the minors over in the over in the where was he? Sweden is that where he played uh, or Sylvester? Yeah, he played in Sweden. Um, and he would never uh, he didn't have to really keep his head up because he was bigger than most other kid uh, most other players. So when they he had the Lind I call it the Lindros syndrome. Uh, you play in your minor leagues and you're that much bigger than everyone else that when people hit you, you don't even realize they're hitting you half the time or you don't. So you, you tend to watch your, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do things slower. Yeah, he's he was bigger. The, he's faster. He's stronger. He, was he doesn't on the have to take ice. care of that. He was on the bigger ice. He doesn't have to worry about some guy rolling him yeah. over. But now that he's in NHL, he's doing the same thing and people are rolling him over. So he's had about three he's hits Smaller now. ice, bigger players. He's had about three hits now, one where he hurt his neck. I think it was – they never said, but I think it was his neck. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was a concussion. Uh, then they had the one there in uh, Luke Shen there in Vancouver. And there was another. There's a third one. I don't remember where when it was. But Marco uh, Rossi against Minnesota. Marco Rossi, where he just he, – he got caught looking at his pass or, you know, put his head down and you're skating with the puck with his head down. Yep. And that is a big issue. But my argument is, where are you going to put him where that's not going to happen? Because if you put him in the not AHL, World Juniors. but if you put him in the AHL, World Juniors, people are just going to bounce off him. Same with if you yeah. put him in the OHL. He's uh, not going to learn shit. The only way I can see if that's something you were worried about and that's something why you didn't want him on the team, he would have to play in Europe. Because if you put him in the AHL, he's going to get hurt. And he's, he's going to be a target bad. for those uh, lifelong AHLers. Correct, because if he keeps, if they notice he's putting his head down all the time, they're going for him. And let me tell you, there's a lot more guys that are going to gun for him in the AHL than there is in the NHL. Yeah, because in the NHL, they don't give two shits about who he is. Whereas no. in the AHL, they do because they want yeah. to make a name for themselves mm -hmm. to get called up. Which makes, I understand it. And Matt's point on uh, Slavkovsky's development was correct but now with him playing more playing a bigger role there's no point in sending him to the ahl there's no point right. in sending him to the world juniors he's not going to learn anything more in those areas that he would playing in the nhl in the roles and capacity he's playing now and i would totally agree with matt if he was stuck in that fourth line but even with him stuck on the fourth line he was still improving so that's the you yeah. got to look at too. If he was stuck in the fourth line, just being stagnant, then yeah, yeah, his confidence didn't waver. He he was improving every step, and I think it was the communication between the coaching staff and the player saying, "Hey, yeah, you're only getting ten minutes. You're only doing this, but this is why. You know what I mean?" So, and I think he knew what was happening every step. So, so that's that's over. for Slovakia. Yeah, rant over. <laughs> Slovakia, well, they're going to have a tough time in their pool, but with uh, with Meshar and with Nemec, they should have a good opportunity of making it maybe even to a semifinal. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and so we'll finish off the show with... Yeah. We'll finish off the show with the country everybody has been waiting for, the golden country, Canada. 
Never heard of them. No. Uh... <laughs> Gold medal favorites, clearly. Well, Canada got three returning, well, two returnees, and then Owen Beck. Um, I expect oh, I expect Wad to have a bigger role than what he had. Uh, I think he was a third liner in uh, with uh, in August. He moved up and down. He played on the top line for a bit. He played on the third line yeah. for a bit, depending on the um, role that the coach wanted him to play. Yeah, uh, Kidney. I think he only got in one game. I think in August. I don't think he played much yeah. at all. Uh, yeah, so no. I, I'll look to him uh, to probably replace a guy who's not coming back, probably on a, a third or fourth line. And Owen Beck's going to be the wild card. I don't know where they're going to use Owen Beck or what they're going to do with him. It's his first year. He's probably the best face-off man in the uh, OHL right now, like he was last year. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. So he's probably going to play every game just for the simple fact that he's going to probably take the important face-offs in the, in the uh, especially the defensive zone. Um, well, you can't expect him to play a top six role when you, th- you got Bedard, you got, uh, you got Wright coming in. Yeah. So, so Bedard and Wright will be the first and second centers. Um, so third probably, line center is probably yeah. perfect for him. But I'm just saying he, he'll be that guy like uh, that'll come in and take the draw in the defensive zone, win the draw. Bust off the ice for Wright or, yeah. or Bedard to, to, to come onto the ice. Um, I believe Wright will be the top center uh, just because of experience and, uh, and age. Uh, but it also depends. I mean, Bedard played in August. Did he not? Yeah. So who knows? I mean, Bedard's going to be the one everyone's looking at anyway. Um, and if Bedard plays like Bedard, it's really not going to matter. So... And Canada's got a bunch of a bunch of guys being released from NHL teams to come play. Uh, Gunthier is going back from he he's going to be on the team. Uh, Frank Clark. Uh, Clark, I'd have to look it up. Right. Well, yeah, Shane. Just Wright's that. Be there. We all I mean, just that three three NHLers. Just having Wright, Bedard, and Beck as your top three centers. Yeah. You gotta. I mean, wait a minute. Right, Bedard and Beck as your top three centers. That could have been that could have been Montreal. That could, could have been have. Montreal if could they have. made the right choice. <laughs> My t-shirt's useless now. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know where that is um, anymore. But for Beck, I mean, Beck is he's got 15 goals, 16 goals already in the OHL. He's the top face-off guy, he's the top minutes guy, he does power play, penalty kill. He does absolutely everything a coach he wants does it all. more. He does it all. So you put him on a third line so he can take those harder minutes, you know, do the penalty kill, some mop-up time after the power plays, um, to match up against other teams' top opposition, to soften things up for your offensive stars like Bedard and Wright. Um, he, he would be the perfect fit there. And then you throw, say, uh, on one wing, who is a big bodied, uh, he's very aggressive on the four check. He fits well with Beck's uh, style of play. And then on the other wing, you maybe throw you, you throw kidney on there. Who's just saying, you know, he's a bit of a slick passer. Just so you know, a month ago, Wall was tied with Bedard for most points in the Canadian hockey league. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Just saying, he's not, but now, you put those but... three together. <laughs> And you put these three together, Roy, Beck, Kidney, and you've got yourself the Voltron of third lines, courtesy of the Montreal Canadiens. Voltron. I'm going to call that third line Voltron from now on. If they make that line, I'm going to call it Voltron. <laughs>
just this, just the. I'm going to make sure they each get a little plastic ring that they can. <laughs> uh, but no, it's Canada with those three on a third. That's your third line. These are guys that are, you know, all, you know, like you got second line picks or second round picks, uh, a fifth round pick who should have been higher, who's leading the queue in points. And the guy right behind him is on the same line. And Beck is one of the top centers in the OHL. That's your third line. I, I wouldn't Holy be shocked if, if Law plays top six minutes, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, if that's your third line, around. if that's your third line, that's a pretty good goddamn third line. That could be a top line any other year. Yeah. Or at least a second line. Yeah. And then you got Wright and Bedard above that. If you put them on one line or you make two lines with them, Canada ha- is pretty stacked up front. And then you throw Brent Clark in on the uh, on the blue line, on the right side. Uh, Canada's blue line, you know, they they got some really good talent there. Uh, in goal, that's where the question marks are, and they usually are until until the question mark gets answered, like Devin Levi did a few years, a couple years back. Everyone said, well, "Well, who's this guy?" And then he carried the team. So I can't. Canada really hasn't had a big name goalie in a while, actually playing for them in nets. Since Carter Hart, I would say. I would say Carter Hart was the last one where you say, oh, we got a goalie that's really going to, you know what I mean? Uh, But you're right. Levy came out and helped, you know, he was the guy. And uh, hopefully we'll get that this year. You you also look, uh, the uh, Team Canada's got Fantilli coming in, who's going to be battling with Bedard for that top pick, at least the second pick. And Fantilli is no slouch either. Um, holy cheese. I mean, you got Bodzik, uh, Colton Doc, Kirby Doc's little brother. Um, there's, a, there's a few other returnees like uh, Stankovan. Uh, and then you look at their blue line. Uh, Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, uh, Kevin Korchinski, who was a first-round pick, uh, o- Olin Zellweger. I mean, they've got a lot of really good talent. This is a team that it's it's gold or bust. If you look at the rosters, and again, they're not set. Canada does seem to have the best roster. I mean, now that there's not a Russian team, it does seem to have the best roster uh, roster there. Did you say Fantelli's playing? He's on. He's on their camp roster. I don't see him not making the team. So, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, man, he's destroying the NCAA. Imagine a line with Bedard and Fantelli on it. Ooh, that's got the right the, stuff for sure. The move right to the wing. Man, imagine that line. Oh, oh, that's a power play right there. That kind of got me worked up. I kind of like that line. Kind of tingly. Kind of tingly. tingly. It feels like I'm uh, climbing the rope in gym class. <laughs> with, this, with the short shorts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I mean, they've got so much depth in camp for uh, for that camp. I'm not surprised that other people got left out. Logan Mayu. <laughs> okay, so I understand that he's scoring some nice goals for London. Um, I understand that he's a 19 year old, and this is a 19 year old tournament. But defensively, he is suspect. No. And you don't want you, that in a short tournament. 
So I know there's another reason going around why he's not going there. And that reason does make total sense with. Sure. Sure. But the real reason is, is he's just not, he's not probably the, he's probably not even the top 10th defenseman in, in Canada, I would say maybe top 15. And it's because of his, his defensive play. And the fact that he does skate good. He is a good puck mover, has a great shot. But he kind of gets dumb when he gets in the offensive zone. I don't know how many times I've seen him skate into multiple players and then just lose the puck. <laughs> when he could have just went to the left. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so and, and he only played he only played 24 games prior to this yeah. season, so we can't really crap on him too much either. No, no, but what I'm saying is when you when you look at the overall picture, Logan yeah. Mayu could have probably went there. There's good hockey reasons. Right. There's good hockey reasons. I do think there is another reason, but there are good yeah. hockey. I, I think that play, especially with what's going on with Hockey Canada right now. Um, so, yes, I'm not going to say that's not a reason because I do think it is. Uh, but I think there's more. There are. I think the hockey reasons kind of outweigh that reason. Even without that reason, I, I'm i not so sure Logan May is the shoe in to make this team regardless. Even if that even if he was there. and if he was just on the fence just because of the hockey reasons, then the other one kind of pushed it over the top. Would've, would've but I don't think over. he yeah. I, I don't think he was on that line either. No. To I, I I think there's eight or nine on the defensemen. There's eight or nine defensemen that are ahead of him. Easily. You can yeah, you can probably say five or six right handed defensemen are ahead of him. Exactly. So so anyway. I'm not shitting on Logan Mayu either. No. I, I'm just saying he he looks excellent. I think he's going to be an excellent offensive defenseman. I'm just hoping he's not another Matthias Norlander because I thought Matthias Norlander was going to be an excellent offensive defenseman that was going to make the NHL, and he's not even going to make the NHL. So I see a lot of Sheldon Sure in uh, Logan Mayer. Yeah, and you know what? I would take a Sheldon Sure any day. Yep. Oh yeah, but it's going to take time to get there, and I don't think he's quite. He's not going to be there for a couple of years, and I don't think he was good enough to make this team Canada team. Had he been uh, born in any of the other countries, he probably he, would be on those be on teams. Team. Yeah. Now, Sheldon Surrey is a good-looking man. He's pretty dreamy, so he's not he's not quite Sheldon Surrey, but that's true. Nobody but, is I a mean, Sheldon Surrey. I I would second think my uh, my sexual uh, orientation when it comes to Sheldon Surrey. That's all I'm saying. That's a very wow. handsome man. Very handsome man. I mean, when I grow up, when I grow up, I want to look just like him. He's no Ryan Gosling. Uh, he's no Ryan Reynolds. Hey, <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> he's no Matt Bedard. Or uh, <laughs> Matt Bedard. <laughs> That's true. He is not. <laughs> he's no Matt Bedard, and he's and he's no Matt. Uh, I can't even speak now. <laughs> Matt, you are one good-looking man. You are. He's Your no wife Matt. is a lucky woman. Uh, I uh, met the all right. Matt. So I met our Matt, but I said Matt Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> Smith. He's no Matt Smith, and no one is. So, uh, all right. So that pretty much does it for this World Juniors edition of the Habs Unfiltered podcast. Uh, We are going to be uh, there at the games. We'll be covering the event um, one way or another. 
so hey keep following us we'll talk more about the world juniors as we go along uh any final thoughts no no not really I just, I just, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not thinking straight. <laughs> Still daydreaming about Mapadark. No, well, no, I meant to say Matt Smith and Mapadark, because I was thinking about Mapadark as we were talking about Matt. Anyway, there's too many Matts. These are the days I know I know. These are the days I know. And if anyone gets that reference, you can be a friend of mine. Just put some cabbage on your head. You are set. That's right. I'll squish your head. Squish <laughs> your head. Squishy. Um, so for me, uh, final thought would be to just thank everyone again for listening to the, uh, to our episodes, uh, hit like, and subscribe on the YouTube channel. We're going to start putting out more content. Uh, now that we require require media, they're going to be providing us with, uh, incrementally with more and more so that we can share with you guys, uh, improve our, our product and hopefully, hopefully gain more subscribers which we went up by about 38 percent last year and we want to keep that ball rolling uh so again thank you very much for listening thank you for interacting with us sending us those emails uh dms uh on our facebook page everything we want to thank you all for the, for that interaction oh and um, pat and do i will do a top of the show eventually but you're the only one that's requested it so if I get more requests, maybe, but you're the only one so far. Well, he is the man. Well, it's we, we, it's we have. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, there's a lot of other great podcasts out there. Like we have uh, Locked on Canadians, Happy Hour. There's so Habs many and more. Uh, Habs and Dabs, uh, Hockey t- uh, Habs Tonight, uh, uh, Raw Knuckles. So, Tons of great, uh, great episodes out there. Great podcast. We're glad to be part of your rotation. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.